before we begin today's show. If you ever run a business before, you know that HR issues are hard to deal with. There's wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, and those labor regulations. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of 70000 bucks a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for your small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help, and you can get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash hoop right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash hoop. Spell BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash hoop. And you know what's not a small business? The podcast business. And two of the very best to do it are Jalen Rose and David Jacoby, who for the past several weeks have been releasing new episodes of Jalen and Jacoby, the after show, every Sunday night after the last dance. Well, that's over. But hopefully you caught last night's debut of Lance, a 30 for 30 documentary about the rise and fall of Lance Armstrong. If that's the case and you want to know more about the behind the scenes making of the film, you can check out Jalen and Jacoby, the after show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. Um, joining me on this Sunday night, uh, we're recording the Sunday night. Hope your Memorial Day is going well. Um, joining us from uh, the Naples, Florida area is Bobby Marks. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Brian. The home of the NBA in a, in a, in a month or two, I guess, right? Hopefully. I'm not Naples, Florida, but the state the state of Florida. Yeah. You know, uh, it's one one piece of good news for the players, I guess. Uh, I'm not a, a tax expert, but uh, whatever money they would earn, I think there would be uh, income state income tax free. There is no state taxes in this state. You are correct. So um, you know the Lakers and Clippers, um, if they're looking for one positive, uh, with all the money they're losing from potential lost regular season games and not getting able to play home games, at least they'll be able to keep. Uh, an extra, what is it, 11% for the millionaires? Uh, so that'll be good. Um, and joining us from Boston, Massachusetts, is Tim Bontemps. Um, so we have a little bit of, oh, I'm sorry, I talked right over you. Tim, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing just fine, Brian. Happy Memorial I Day. I talked to Tim all day long, so t- I don't have to say how he's doing. I, he's, I know how he's doing. Um, I'm sorry. Um, so we have... Uh, a lot to try to consider, and we're not alone here. The league is, has a lot to consider. Um, they uh, uh, made the decision, it appears, and I really want to say as kind of a disclaimer before we get it, get into um, what the NBA quarantine is going to look like here, because everything about this is fluid. Um, if, you, you know, if you are listening to this podcast on Thursday or Friday of this week, you may listen to what we say here 
and think, boy, these guys are way off. This is not how it went at all. So um, we like to provide evergreen, as we call it, content. I don't know if this is going to be the case. So um, we're going to tell, you know, all of us are talking to people in the league all day long. We're going to do our best here to tell you what's happening at the moment. But please understand that we are in as fluid of a situation as we've ever, as any of us have ever seen. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. If any of us have ever seen in our years involved with the NBA, which for Bobby is over 20 years, this is my 18th uh, year in the NBA, and Tim has been doing it for about a decade. So um, uh, just keep that in mind. Okay, that's the disclaimer. Um, having said that, it looks like it's going to be Orlando and Orlando only. Um, Vegas, from what I understand, was under discussion until at least just even a couple of days ago it was still under discussion. Um, but now it is not. It is going to be Orlando. And from there, we don't know a whole lot. Um, Tim, when you heard it was going to be Orlando, and I would just say that while the NBA made a formal statement, um, one of their vice presidents, Mike Bass, on Friday made a formal statement saying they were in talks with Orlando. We have had a good idea that it's going to Orlando for a month, probably, at least part of it. So and the idea that the NBA is just starting talks, no, they've been talking with Walt Disney World for months. But, Tim, when you heard Orlando, what did that mean to you? What went through your mind when, when you heard that? Well, it, it meant a couple things. The first thing is that we're getting close to the finish line in terms of the first stage of this, which is determining what this is actually going to look like, right? We've been hearing since – really for the past month, that June 1st is kind of the target date for a lot of these things for the league to, to kind of figure out what they're going to do. It's not a coincidence that this Friday, there's going to be a Board of Governors meeting on May 29th, the Friday before June 1st, uh, where it seems to me like it seems very likely they're going to lay out their plans for what they want it, for what the league wants to try to do and say to the owners, what do you guys want us to do? And, and lay that out. So that was the first thing. The second thing was from, from my standpoint, when you're looking at doing two sites with Vegas and Orlando, to me, that was a clear indication or whether, whatever the sites were. It was a clear indication to me the league didn't want to try to do 30 teams in one place. And by saying we're going to Orlando and seemingly, at least for now, Vegas not being in the picture or, or another second site, to me, that makes it seem more likely than not that this is going to be some kind of a smaller circumstance, whether it's 16 teams or one of these other hybrid models we've talked about. But but those, to me, are the two things that have stood out the most from uh, hearing that news and the, the conversations I've had with people the last couple of days. So, Bobby, what do you what do you think are the big things that are being that are under discussion that you know are under discussion as we come into what's probably going to be a pretty crazy four days? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there's a, a call with the general managers on Thursday uh, and then the owners on Friday. But what are the big topics that are going to have to be settled between now and the end of the week when they have pretty much got to get this locked down? Well, I think it's it, everything's about the format. Uh, who's in and who's out? Are we going to have all 30 teams congregate to Orlando and play some type of um, you know regular season if it's going to be pick up and play the remainder of 15 or 16 games, or is it going to be an abbreviated five or six games? Um, five or six games, that doesn't make much sense for me, guys, just because when you look at the standings, 
Um, in, especially in the Western Conference, yes, there are teams maybe three or four behind Memphis and, um, you know, Washington, I think is four behind, um, Orlando in, in the Eastern Conference. So it's not like these teams are one game behind. Um, what does that do to teams that are tied for fourth and fifth? I mean, let's face it, there's not going to be much of a home court advantage, right? I mean, you're going to be playing in an empty arena. So I think the big, the first thing is, is that it's all about the format. Is it going to be the 30 teams or is it going to be a, uh, the 16 teams that, um, finished the, the, uh, the standings in mid-March, the top eight in the East, the top eight in the West, and that's where we resume the season here. But um, besides, of course, the, the testing part of it, the logistics part of it, it's about kind of where are we going game-wise and if there is going to be some type of regular season or are we just going to jump into the playoffs here. Right. So there's two giant uh, avenues here. Avenue one, as you mentioned, is the testing. They've had a long time to work on the testing, um, even though – the testing availability has been not what they thought it would be. They know that they're going to be able to get the tests that they need. They've done what they have to do to get those tests. That's a political issue. We could talk about that for an hour, but we're not going to. Um, whether it's going to be testing every day or testing every other day, it's going to be a lot of testing and they're going to monitor it very closely. So that's one avenue that a whole bunch of people have been working on. The other avenue, as you mentioned, is what is this going to look like in Orlando? And, you know, Tim and I have talked about this. Um, the difference between having a 30-team bubble, I know that Adam Silver doesn't like the term bubble because it implies some sort of restricted movement, but I'm going to call it a bubble. Whether you like it or not, I'm sorry. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, a 30-team bubble versus a 16-team playoff-only bubble, it's a world of difference. Mm-hmm. And if you sit down and actually look at the numbers as Tim and I have done for stories that we have done and we have talked to the people, any rational person who looks at this with a level head is going to say that this needs to be a 16 team playoffs scenario. And there's about 20 different reasons. Number one, it's half the people you got to protect, which means half the test, which means half the, the uh, chances of people, you know, getting infected Number two, after the first round of the playoffs, you reduce it by half and then by half again. It reduces the amount of time and it reduces the expense. Um, and it solves the problem that you're going to have of lottery teams who have no hope of making the playoffs. Potentially not even like, I don't see what the, what the incentive, other than being a good partner, as general manager Bob Myers has said, I don't see the incentive to have Steph Curry play one second. Um, much less five games or eight games or whatever. Um, and so like, I just don't think he's going to play. And, uh, so I think the 16 team playoff doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, Bobby, or makes the most sense, Bobby, one of the things that they're looking at is some sort of hybrid version where there's something more than 16 teams and something less than 30 teams to give those bubble teams some sort of chance. And quite frankly, to build in some more games so that you can generate some more revenue. Um, there's been several, you know, there's been several things under discussion. Um, one of the things that has been mentioned to me is a European basketball style or international basketball style group phase where the teams are put into groups and they all play each other in a round robin format. 
and they advance out of that group phase, just like you see in the Olympics every four years. You know, Team USA plays Angola and Turkey and Lithuania, and you know, two teams from each of those groups advance. That could that could happen, or that could get junked or whatever. But Bobby, here's my question: How do you square it from a revenue from a paying the player standpoint? Because here's the thing about about salaries: players do not get paid for the playoffs. Um, their salaries cover just a regular season. Once you go into the playoffs, there's a bonus pool that you get depending on how far you advance and some other factors that comes from the TV money does not come from the teams. So if the, the, if the league advances straight to the playoffs, the players would forfeit a bunch of their salary from them, all those regular season games. Tim, how many regular season games did you count? 259? Yeah, right around there. I don't remember the exact number, but it's, yeah, it's right at two just over 250. Yeah, 259. Those games would essentially be canceled. Um, how do you square it if you only bring in 24 teams, let's say, like this sort of hybrid model that's on the books, a play-in tournament model that's on the books? How would you possibly convince the union to – I mean, like, does that mean that the teams that don't get in, like Golden State doesn't get in, they don't have to pay their players? But what about, you know, Charlotte would get in? Do they they have to pay their players for those games? How would How is that logistical hurdle going to get going to get figured out? Well, you're right. I mean, it's you look at not every team has played the same amount of games right now. Um, if you have San Antonio is outside the playoffs, has has 19 games remaining, and you know Toronto, who is in the playoffs, has 18 games remaining. So, you know, if we if we canceled the rest of the regular season and we just jumped into the playoffs as the 16 teams, not with this with the hybrid, um, you know, formula that you just talked about. You know, Raptors players will lose 18 games of force majeure pay, and, and San Antonio will lose 19 games. Right? That's the easy way to Aren't look at it. Are there some teams that have only that only have 15 games left? Yeah, there are. There, I think uh, I think Boston might be one of them. I think Atlanta's up there. There are. Um, I think San Antonio at 19 is the most uh, most remaining games. LA, here. LA may have yeah, 19, 18, 18. There's a band from 15 games to 19 games. I think it covers all the. All the teams. So, what your point is that some guys could have to give up less money because they've played more games. How do sure. you figure that out? Yeah, that's that. That's probably the simplest solution, and and it's not fair because if you are, you know, if you are a team like San Antonio, well, wait a minute, it's not our fault that how how the schedule maker works, right? I think probably the the, the most simplest thing is is having the same number for all all thirty teams here, um, although. You know, 16 team games might get canceled for one team or 18 games. Maybe we, they cap the number at um, players that are going to lose 17 games of pay. Um, well, I guess here's my question, Bobby. In a hybrid model, are those games that are played the, in, the, in a play-in tournament, are those considered playoff games? Or the, they should be con- Yeah, they should be considered playoff games. Right. I think that is probably, um, you know, that's probably where, where, where the PAs – you know, where the league's perspective is going to be as far as, you know, hey, this is where the regular season ends and this is where the playoffs go. And that $24 million that's in a playoff pool now, Brian and Tim, that, that number is probably going to have to increase, right, if we are going to add uh, another eight or nine teams here. The point I'm making is that 
the hybrid model is a lot to figure out in a short period of time. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm driving at, I'm driving at this is going to be a 16 team thing. Is what I'm driving at. I would, I would say that the easiest thing for league is to keep it simple, right? Like keep it like we're, we're basically in survival mode right now to try to, to salvage some type of uh, playoff here to crown a champion, to go on scathes without a disaster here and going from 30 teams or a hybrid um, model to keeping it simple at 16 teams and mitigating against risk and disaster is the best solution going forward. So well, I, I agree. Com- I agree completely. And, and the thing, the thing that, that Brian points out pretty well and the way he kind of laid that out is like, if we all agree that this is going to be something that needs to be decided Friday at the board of governors, and then uh, it needs to be communicated to the players and get everybody on the same page. While there've been all these creative ideas bandied about, about different things that could be done to, uh, you know, try to increase revenue or try to increase games or whatever. Um, everybody has to get on the same page here in a pretty short amount of time. And I think that if you go to everybody and say, look, the simplest and most efficient way to do this is to have 16 teams and have everything, every, all the numbers go down and ha- by half each round and play a full playoffs and crown a champion the way we always have, even if it's not in exactly the way we've always done it. Um, I think that's a scenario that you can probably get consensus on a lot faster than we're going to have a 20 team playoff with, with playing games or a 24 team playoff with playing games or trying to get 30 teams back and all these teams that don't want to be there then have to try to be there. It, it just seems to me that that is the cleanest and simplest way to get everybody on board. And, you know, there's not a lot of time here for the league to get everybody on board and, and try to start moving in a certain direction. And so here's just the reality. The reality is for all of these teams playing regular season games cost them money. Yes, there is some local television money that would come their way that they would potentially have to forfeit. But they are that, you know, if you play a game like, like let's just say the game that, that's the halt of this whole thing, Thunder, Jazz, let's say that that game has to get played. It's a first, you know, symbolically, let's say it's the first game played, okay? In a, in a regular season format. All 30 teams come. That's the first game, Thunder, Jazz, where it stopped. Um, the Jazz don't. The Thunder don't get to sell tickets. They have to pay their players. The Jazz have to play their players. They have no more home games. There's no revenue coming in. The TV money that they get is already guaranteed. It's not like, oh, we're going to put this on and now we're going to get TV money. No, their income is already set. In fact, playing this is to protect the national TV revenue, which, by the way, the national TV revenue is in the neighborhood of 80 to $90 million per team per year. Local television revenues, it varies wildly. The Lakers is much higher than the national TV, but most teams is in the 20th to, you know, the 30 to $40 million range. So it's, it's a lot. So if you're an owner of a team and you're like, look, playing regular season games is going to cost me money. I'm going to have to pay the players and not get, um, you know, normally you have a game, you pay players a game check and you, you, you rake in the, the, the ticket money. You're not going to have that. And so what I say to a Portland Trailblazers fan who's like, look, Dame Lillard has been hurt. He's going to come back. We're, you know, three games back of the Grizzlies for the eighth seed. I want to see my Blazers try to fight their way in because I want to see him try to upset the Lakers in the first round. I agree with you. But 
I'm not so sure that the Phoenix Suns or the Timberwolves or the Warriors or the Cavs or the Pistons are going to agree with you. But I think you may get outvoted. And I also think that, as you know, as Bobby said, this is survival. We did get 66 games from the Blazers in the regular season and 65 for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies proved over that span. It's a representative. It's 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 more representative than playing one round robin, six or seven games or whatever, or five games or whatever it is. Um, I it's a it's just going to have to be something that, that you swallow. Now, that may not be the way this goes. They may pick all thirty teams, but I, again, I just just doing the math here and looking at this. In my viewpoint, I think it's gonna it's gonna be the sixteen, but we'll see in the coming days. You know, maybe there's something in between. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about here. Um, we'll talk about quarantines. So when players get to Orlando, the league hasn't offered any guidance on this yet, but I believe that they're going to have to quarantine the players for some period of time. Um, Bobby, do you believe that to be the case as well? Which means stay in your hotel room, don't leave, make sure you're not sick. Do you believe that to be the case as well? Yeah, I mean, for somebody who lives in Florida, um, you know, the, the rules are pretty strict. You know, they have people checking you when you get off your the airplane at, you know, in Fort Myers. They have the health experts, you know. I know it's a little bit different when you're flying Delta Charter into Orlando, but they they write your name down and they say, hey, you, you're quarantined you're for, you know, for 14 days. I mean, that's the reality of it. If, does that change? Will that will the... Uh, the Florida Health Department changed the rules for uh, these these players. They don't know where they've been. Um, so that's my under impression is that there will be some type of quarantine here. And it shouldn't change, right? That's the whole goal here is for the NBA to have everybody be healthy and keep the virus out of the bubble. Then that seems to me like the very the simplest way to do it. If you have everybody show up at the beginning, you quarantine everybody, you test everybody, if you have everybody come out of that and they're all right, if you don't have people coming in and out after that, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape, especially if you're testing every day. So to me, it would it would not make sense to change those rules. And it's why I think the only thing that makes sense is for these teams to go straight to Orlando and do training camp there. So that's the thing. Personally. So when Tim and I talked to the epidemiologists and the doctors when we did our story about the NBA bubble, they said that the best way to do this now, because we don't have a vaccine, obviously the, what you have to do with, what the doctors recommend to do is build layers on top of each other. So testing, that's a protection layer testing, you know, multiple times a week, potentially every day, another testing layer temperatures. Um, when you walk in any building, that's another layer, social distancing. That's another layer. You know, we, you know, you want to build those layers of protection. Well, they said if you wanted to have the most layers to be to be as safe as you can here, you would also quarantine before you started practice. And so if you're going to practice, you know, let's say the let's say the Thunder, if the Thunder were going to begin their five on five practices, um, because at some point they got to practice as a team, they would, in theory, under the recommendations of the people that I talked to would have to quarantine. Maybe you wouldn't have to quarantine for two weeks, but you may have to quarantine for three or five days. And then you may have to quarantine for more time in Orlando. Now the MLS um, there, I don't think they've ratified it yet, but the, 
We had the soccer league is, is doing their own bubble in Orlando, and they are having a seven-day quarantine when everybody gets to Orlando. And I'm sure they're talking to some of the same doctors that the NBA has talked to. I'm sure a seven-day quarantine is about what you'd face. So you don't want to have a double quarantine. You don't want to quarantine when you get in with your practice, and you don't want to have to quarantine again when you get to Orlando. You'd like to do it all together. The other thing is there's a fair amount of players who are overseas. It's not a huge amount, but there's some star players overseas. Um, some key players on some playoff teams. Under the letter of the law right now, you have to quarantine when you come in from overseas. Now, the the, the De- Department of Homeland Security passed a resolution this week that said they will allow pro athletes to come in without any issue, but they're not going to waive their quarantine. And that's two weeks. Also, as of right now, and I mean, again, this could change, and the, the government in Florida could, could pass a resolution, but... Like we just saw today, Sunday, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, said, hey, pro sports teams can open up their facilities in the state of New York. And if you're the Knicks and the Nets, you're thinking this is great. We can, you know, get in and start using our facilities. But according to the rules in Florida right now, as of tonight, if you fly to Florida from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, I even think Louisiana, so this would apply to the Pelicans if they were in, you have to quarantine for 14 days. That's according to the rule right now. So that would mean that, you know, those two teams would have to, you know, if the, you know, if, you know, the Knicks are, you know, are not, they're not going to play, but if the Nets are going to come play in the, in a playoff setting, but okay, let's just say there were 30 teams. If they're coming from New York, they may have to quarantine. So it, the, it may mean that they may not go to New York and they may have to go somewhere else and they might as well go to Orlando. Bobby, is anything that I'm saying out of bounds? What no, you you're accurate. You're hundred percent accurate. I mean, I think the only thing, that could change. And, you know, certainly down here in Florida, we have a governor who's been out in the open, right? He, he, during his press conference, I think a a week ago, he said, Florida is open for business for all sports teams to basically relocate here or all leagues also. And now does that mean, okay, now I've come out and said this, am I willing to change the rules for teams or players um, because I want more revenue. Um, are we willing to risk the health health factor and basically the guidelines that we have put in um, to accommodate teams and leagues now? And I think that's you know that's that's what we're going to wait and see is if if if, uh, if Governor DeSantis will do that now. I don't think he I will. I don't think he will because this state has been relatively good with cases here, and I think. God forbid if you change the rules and all of a sudden we you see an uptick here with everything, um, you know, it would not be good. Well, and like I said before, though, to me, the NBA shouldn't be trying to change these rules. They should be trying to operate within these rules because this is not the kind of thing where you skirt the rules and like hope it works out. Right. If, if the NBA comes back and has some kind of outbreak at this thing where a bunch of people get sick, the NBA is going to take a huge hit. So to me, what you would want to do in this scenario, if you're going to go through all this trouble of trying to come back, is take every possible precaution, which would to me include having a quarantine when anybody who wants to come to this thing comes to Florida and, you know, goes into the bubble, whether it's staff or coaches or players or media or, you know, people working the shot clock or whatever. So the idea that the NBA would actively try to shorten that time frame to me just doesn't make a lot of sense, which again goes back to, have everybody go to Orlando and just do it all at once and be done with it well, instead of having it, to do this it, in stages. 
Well, if you're trying to squeeze in regular season games and playoff games, that's that's why because they really want to be done by Labor Day because they they don't want to get, they don't want to have the NFL going up against NBA Finals games. You know, to be frank, um, so th- there is a there is a calendar crunch uh, issue on this. Well, and if there's a calendar crunch, then doing it if you do the playoffs, it would take 55 days max if it's just the playoff teams and you do seven game series, and you probably could do it in less. So that's. That's another reason why doing just the playoff teams makes a lot of sense if you're yes, trying to do this in a shortened safer, window. Safer playoffs only is safer, shorter, and cheaper. And, we, and you may say, well, why does cheaper matter? These teams fly jets all around the country all during the playoffs and spend millions of dollars on everything like that. I go, you know, yes, that's true. But that, but in the normal playoff setting, they're getting fans into their building and making millions of dollars per game in revenue there they're not going to going to make on this so there is a expense issue here that should not be ignored all right um bobby uh if you have everybody in the same city which is what this is looking like we've we've talked about problems okay let's move on from logistical problems and now maybe talk about some things that are a little bit more enjoyable one of the things that Adam Silver would like to do is have a 1 through 16 seeding in the postseason. And the reason this has been thought of for years, but one of the reasons why it has never gone is because, well, to be honest with you, there's a bunch of different reasons why it's never gone. Most of it has been Eastern Conference teams trying to make sure that they get representative in the finals. Um, but the other thing is they said, well, it's just too much travel. I mean, the, the what you'd have to go through for a two-two-one-one-one series from coast to coast is just too difficult for four consecutive rounds. Well, guess what, Bobby? No travel. Everybody's here. Is it possible that we could get Adam Silver's vision here of one through sixteen to spice this up a little bit? Oh, I, I think it's I think it's possible. I even laid it out um, earlier today, kind of what it would look like, and you would have. Yeah, you basically one to sixteen with Milwaukee at one and, and the Lakers at two, and there would be four series that would be East versus West, including a potential eight nine matchup with uh, Miami versus OKC <laughs> as an eight nine matchup. I mean, you don't think the league would like something like that? Um, yeah, so let, let's go over. You you did these today. So um, number one seed would be Milwaukee. They would play Orlando in the first round. Number two seed Lakers. They would play Brooklyn in the first round. I know that I know that they said that they said Durant is probably not going to play. But what if it was Brooklyn Lakers in the first round? We saw Kyrie started working out. I mean, what an opportunity! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it like, sounds uh, good. <laughs> it sounds good. Like that's a free roll. I mean, as long as the guys are healthy, that's a free roll. Well, yeah, I mean, and especially in, in, in Mike Bass's, um, you know, comments on, on Saturday, right? What did he say? Late, uh, for a start for late July. Um, that's what the, yeah. they were gearing towards. So, um, you know, we're still, um, you know, we're two months away from late July. So, well, by the way, it starts in late July. You're not getting done by Labor Day. No, no, we're, we're bleeding into, into September. Definitely there. Yeah. If they did a one through sixteen and the possibility of Brooklyn Lakers in the first round, and like and they and like Durant and Kyrie knew that this week, like it was in, it was like figured out this week. 
I <laughs> good luck even Kevin. I know what's been said. I know what Woj just said. I got it. I'm I'm just saying circumstances change. Tim, you think it's you think it's nuts? You think I'm out of I'm out of line? Uh I don't know if I'd necessarily say out of line. I don't think that Kevin Durant is going to play uh regardless of circumstance, but it's definitely uh it's definitely a fun thing to think about and you know, speculate about. Um just and like I think, you know, to Bobby's original point about doing this one to sixteen, you know, there has been a lot of talk about the NBA trying to get creative right now and trying to do different things to generate interest right now. And, you know, doing this would require a board of governors vote to approve going from the typical East West to one to 16. And if there is a time where you might be able to push something like that through, it's right now, probably because in a normal situation, you probably wouldn't be able to get that done. Just like the league probably wouldn't change it's start time in a normal circumstance. And that could very well change to starting in December and maybe shift the whole league calendar after this season. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, like I said, I, I don't think Durant is going to play in any kind of scenario, but um, you know, if we somehow got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving versus Anthony Davis surgery. and LeBron James, it would be fun. 13 months off surgery with a training camp where he would not have to join in midstream. In other words, he would not come in in game 60 of a season where everybody else is in tip-top mid-season form. He would be able to come in off a training camp like everybody else. Just food for thought. Um, okay, so number three C would be Toronto. Congratulations, Raptors. Uh, pretty damn good. Um, they would potentially play Memphis in this, in this scenario. That's an East-West game. Um, that's a delicious little series right there, if you ask me. Uh, number four seed in this uh, would be Clippers, and they would play Dallas. That is a spectacular first-round potential matchup. Five-seed, how about this one? Five-seed first-round Boston-Philly, which is what we probably were thinking we were going to see all all during the uh, regular season. It was lining up like that. Biggest um, upshot of this is Boston is not going to be able to escape from Philly either way, which is certainly not the scenario that they are hoping for. Right. That's the Celtics would love for the love. The Celtics would love for regular season games or some kind of situation where they could avoid having to play Philly in the first round. Uh, having said I, that, I they don't have to play Philly. They're not going to have to play Philly in Philly, where they were twenty. <laughs> well, that's true, but they're going to have to guard. They're going to have to guard Joel Embiid and the rest of their Goliath team that they don't match up all against uh, wherever they're at. So that's true. Um, all right, six seed Denver versus eleven seed Indiana. Would this be the lowest rated first round series? Would this be the NBA TV? Um, seven seed Utah versus 10 Houston. Has anybody had a worse uh, in the NBA? Has anybody had a worse two and a half months than the Utah Jazz? No, no. I mean, they start, it started, yeah. I mean, with, with uh, Rudy and Donovan, and it ends with Boyan going on the shelf, right? The only yeah. thing that would make it worse would be them having to play Houston for the millionth time in a row in the, in the, in this scenario. At least they, ironically, when you were talking about the Jazz and Thunder being the first game back potentially before, uh, you know, in, in a hypothetical world where you just restart again, uh, that would be currently the four or five, I believe, in the West. Uh, and they and, played each, and they and they play each other three times since um, Houston went small ball, and Houston went right. two and one against them. Right. Um, you know, so it, stretch you know, and go bear out. 
yeah, that it, the, the, you know, after getting knocked out by them two years in a row, that would not be, uh, it'll probably be not the thing that the Jazz would want to see either. Well, here's what's happened to the Jazz, and if I miss anything, first off, rest in peace, Jerry Sloan. It uh, doesn't affect this year's team, but Jerry Sloan, uh, a legend in the NBA, uh, the face of the Jazz, one of the faces of the Jazz. He passes away. Gobert and Donovan Mitchell test positive and have beef. I believe I believe in them that they'll be okay. We've talked at nauseum about this with Tim McMahon, who follows this team regularly. He thinks they'll be professionals. Nonetheless, that's not exactly a fun thing to deal with. Bringing back your two stars, they have issue. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich was going to try to play through um, uh, this is a wrist injury. Um, now he's not. He had surgery. It's a severe surgery, by the way. I think I read that. Bobby, did you see four to six month recovery on this? Yeah, list? yeah, it's, it, and it's something that you know. It's not like it just snuck up. This is something he's been dealing with all year here. But you know, a high quality player uh, that that you're now going to lose. Um, and then Joe Ingles came out over. You know, he has a his wife is pregnant, I believe, and his he has a son who's um, has a suppressed immune system, and he has pretty much said if he doesn't feel comfortable, he's not going to play. Um, now I, I can't predict what's in his head. I'm just going to say that's what he said. I have no idea, but you know, I, I think that there's going to be a few, my prediction is that there's, I don't make predictions, but my expectation is that there's going to be a player or two that doesn't feel comfortable with this bubble. I think overwhelmingly the players want to play, especially the players who are on teams with, who are in the playoffs and have a fighting chance. All these teams are talking about most of their players are going to want to play, but there is going to be a player or two or six or whatever who's like, I'm not comfortable doing this for A, B, C, D, E, F, G reasons. Joe Ingles is identi- has self-identified as a player who is concerned about this. Um, so, and after all that drama with the Jazz, they potentially play Houston. Houston, who is a 10 seed, may end up getting a matchup that's pretty favorable to them. They can stretch them out uh, in that series. And then, as you mentioned what a bad break for the Miami Heat if it goes this way. Miami Heat do not deserve having to potentially play Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But my gosh, what an incredible series that would be. Um, man, I mean, that's a that would definitely be one. So those would be the pairings. And so, you know, you would have Milwaukee on the same side of the bracket as the Clippers. That's the 1-4 on that side. And then the 2-3 on the other side is Toronto and the Lakers. So you would bring alive the possibility of an all-Lakers or an all-LA final, depending, of course. I'm not putting down the the Bucks, but that was not possible. That is not possible under the current scenario. Um, and you, you know, if, if if the chalk holds, I mean if the Clippers get through Dallas in this scenario, they're either going to play Boston or Philly in the second round. That is the potential. I mean, just the concept of a Boston Clippers second round series is, it's kind of mind blowing um, to be honest with you. Um, and so, you know, for all of these reasons, um, it's, it's a pretty interesting concept. And, um, you know, this is one of Adam Silver's pets, Bobby. I mean, he's wanted to do a play in tournament, that's being discussed, obviously. Who knows? But, um, you know, I, I mean, I think fans are going to tune in regardless, but this would potentially 
you know, there's always people who are trying to put an asterisk on this. This this would make it even more difficult than any than any kind of playoffs we've seen in the past, I think. Well, I mean, if there if there's a time to do it, it's, it's right now when you have, as you said, all te- all potentially 16 teams under one roof. I mean, Milwaukee would have to go through the gauntlet, right? I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's what, completely unfair to them. They they'd be looking. They could, they would have played Orlando anyway if this if the yeah. playoffs are the same. They would have to beat. Um, Clippers in the second round, and then potentially no second round would be Miami or Oklahoma City. That's about where they would be. Then Clippers in the in the conference finals. Final four, yeah, yeah. Um, you have to beat the Clippers and the Lakers potentially. <laughs> That's not <laughs> the way it's supposed to go for the East. Um, no, you know it's interesting. Like and, and what's not been talked about like if we let's just scrap the regular season what do these teams do as a tune-up right i mean are we going to be looking at three or four scrimmages are they going to scrimmage the other teams on the other side of the bracket is east if we keep it east versus west um you know set two separate brackets um yeah, because we're not. Yeah, you know, obviously we're not going to just jump right into you know a Milwaukee Orlando game one in in end of July without any any type of games type uh, setting. Well, Tim, Tim, you mentioned if they all if a bunch of teams come to Orlando, then they could have exhibition games during the training camp, and they could put those on TV. Certainly seems like the most efficient way to do this to me is. You have 16 teams, you have everybody go to Orlando, you quarantine for two weeks, you have a training camp, you have some exhibition games where you play across conference, you know, have the one seed in the East play the eight seed in the West, vice versa, and then tune up for the playoff games and then start. I mean, that that to me is the simplest way to do this whole thing. It's efficient, and I know it's not perfect, but, you know, we're we're certainly not looking at this from a situation where you're going to have a perfect outcome where everybody's happy. So, to me, I'm trying to do – the simplest and most efficient one that you can get in and out as fast as possible and in the safest way possible. And that, that all just lines up with doing it, doing it that way. You just, to keep everybody safe here, you, you really want to lower exposure as much as possible. And, you know, this, this concept, the faster you can get in the bubble, and then the, the mostly you can protect it. And then the other thing is, I I, I don't know like what, what they're going to do with friends and family. Like they've made it clear this is not going to be a lockdown environment. You know, if a player is playing in the finals, they're they're going to want their kids there, I suppose, right? But are you going to have your kids there for the full two and a half or three months that you're there when you include training camp? I I don't know. How that's an, I don't know how that's going to work. But Bobby. What is your understanding of what they're going to do for player test positive? How are they going to handle that? And, and what are they going to do if multiple players on a team test positive? Would there would there be a pause, or are they just going to power through? Uh, this this to me is I don't think there's going to be an easy answer to any of this. Yeah, I mean, I think you know I'll go reverse order here. I think. One of the, the, the questions that, of course, teams had asked as far as are we going to have expanded rosters, the ability to add players before this started? Are we going to be allowed to use two-way players that would normally not be 
um, eligible for for the playoffs, and I'm sure you'll have owners concerned about a cost element there. Um, that's that's one. I, I don't think we're in a position now where we were back in mid March, where a player, if a player does test positive, um, you know, we're going to completely shut shut it down. Right? We're not going to shut down the season here. Where, um, but what happens to that player? You know, it's a lot different in in Major League Baseball where a player tests positive and, you know, these teams are playing in their home market, right? <laughs> a guy who tests positive for the New York Mets is going to go home to his home. You know, a guy who tests positive in Orlando, a player tests positive in Orlando, where does that player going to go to, right? Is he basically just going to keep him in a hotel room? Is there going to be like a, a centralized location here? I mean, that's still to be, right. um, that's still to be determined. Right. I mean, Tim, you and I did a lot of work on this, and I can still remember um, after we did a bunch of interviews and we sort of got everything together, um, you just said, like, there's the only way this works is if it's if it's playoffs only. Yeah, that, that's been my take from the beginning. Saying, because, like, yeah. what Bobby is describing is a bear over – potentially six weeks that would be a playoff. So imagine it with regular yeah. season games where it's potentially almost three months. Yeah, it just it just it makes the most sense on every level. And I really can't stress that enough. It's what I thought when we started working on the bubble story. It's what I thought when we ended it. It's what I think now. It's the shortest one, which to Bobby's point, cost is a real issue here that everybody's going to be focused on. It's the cheapest way to do it. It's the most efficient way to do it. It's also the safest way to do it because you have the least amount of people and every two weeks that number goes down and then you have that many fewer people. You have people in quarantine for a longer or for a shorter amount of time and not just quarantine at the beginning, but you're probably not going to have family and friends flying in and out to check in on people. I mean, this is probably going to be a fairly Spartan thing, I would think, Um, because, again, if you're trying to do this safely, that's the safest way to do it. And then you have people in that situation for the shortest amount of time possible. And you get out of the way uh, of football as fast as possible. I mean, when you look at it from every level and you check every box, doing a full 16-team playoff with full seven-game series is the simplest and smartest way, in my opinion, for them to do this. And it, it's really hard for me to see another argument other than we just want to have some more games, which I don't think is an argument that's going to be a winning one. At this point, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, uh, so Friday is going to be a really big day in the NBA. Um, typically, what happens, Bobby, doesn't it? When uh, when there's an owners' meeting, typically there's very few surprises. All the haggling has been done. When it comes to a vote, it's very rare for uh, a vote to take place so that they don't know the outcome. Yeah, it's not going to be like a grand jury, and you're going to wait three days <laughs> for the verdict. I mean, yeah, you're going to already know where you're you're casting your. So the vote, haggling, the haggling is going on right now as we're recording. The only this, the only time I can haggling. remember a real the only time I can remember a real surprise in recent years, and Bobby, you can correct me, is I think was when lottery reform went down the first time. Right? Isn't that the only time in recent memory where there was any kind of drama about an individual vote or an individual circumstance like this? Yeah, I mean, you had teams that were, you know, certainly against, you know, certainly against that. But um, in this case, I think everyone will kind of be, you know, they'll know where they're going one way or another, and they'll know what they're voting on. As Brian said, there won't be, there shouldn't be surprises, you know, come Friday. 
But I'm just saying, like, th- like what we're talking about, this is all getting haggled right now. You know, the 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 teams are trying to determine which where they're gonna hedge, where they're gonna want to put their uh, support. You know, what's best for us, so to speak, and then you know, horse trading. You know, with Adam Silver, I would think, um, and some of his lieutenants, um, you know, taking a position and trying to rally the troops into that position. You know, this is where the commissioner, the commissioner has the ability to sort of guide things and get these through. And, and what Adam wants, he has a chance to guide through here. So my guess is what Adam brings to the table is the best thing he can broker by Friday. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if some things get settled between now and then. All right. Thank you guys for um, joining me. Thank you everyone for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Um, who knows where we'll be by Wednesday night when we record another one. Um, but the NBA is pushing forward, so so will we. Thank you for listening and have a good week.